0: When your child comes out as LGBTQ, you need a place to find the right tools to help you and your child thrive. This is the podcast you need. Hi, my name is Jenny Hunter, and I am an advanced certified faith-based family coach. And I have coached over 10,000 hours helping families with LGBTQ children become healthy, thriving families. Hello, thank you for being with me today so thrilled to be able to be here with you today. And I just want to say, I have loved um, hearing from you guys. I've heard from so many of you and telling me like how this podcast has helped you and how it is kind of a safe place to figure out this journey. And I just want to say thank you and reach out to me and let me know what else I could teach to help you. Um, You could find me at liftittogether.com And just send a message or Jenny Hunter, J E N I E, Hunter Coaching on Instagram and send me a DM and tell me how I can help you and what you need more from me. Um, You know, my mission in life is really to help families of children of LGBTQ parents and their families and their siblings to thrive in this space and to really become strong families. And it is just such a delight to be here. And I love hearing from you and hearing how this helps you. And if I would love if you um, left a review on iTunes so more families can find it and find this help because um, the healthier parents we are, then the healthier children we will have. And that is my whole mission. And so that is what I'm going to talk to you about today is how do we decide if we're healthy, happy, good parents? And, you know, when I Googled, like, what does it mean to be a good parent? The response was 1.7 billion answers on Google. Um, 1.7 ways people were telling you of how to be a good parent. That is what's out there. And so how do you even decide? Because right now I guarantee you are measuring your parenting against belief system that you have created. And you don't even realize you have created this belief system, but that belief system is created from um, how you were raised, like your family, how your parents did or didn't do, right? We have lots of um, thoughts usually and what they could have done better, just like our children will. Um, TV shows, friends, people telling you books you've read. There's just as many children out there, there's as many experts out there of how to be a good parent to that child. And so how do you decide if you're being a good parent? And that is the best news I have for you, is that you just get to decide. Um, You know, the beliefs and judgments that we personally take on, sometimes the belief system that you've created, that you're judging yourself out against, um, aren't usually a very compassionate way to look About yourself as a parent. And usually we use this kind of belief. And I want to call it a fake belief system because 1.7 billion, we know there's not one way to parent. If 1.7 billion answers on Google tell you how to parent, that It is a fake, everybody has an opinion and you get to decide and you, and it's really important that you decide, you know, we spend so much time in judgment of ourselves that we really seldom stop to question how we even came up with a belief system of how we're judging ourselves. And instead of judging ourselves, it would serve us so much better to question what we believe makes a good parent. So, you know, like I told you, our beliefs come from life experience in society and these experiences imprint on us a belief on what a good parent is. And since everybody has a different answer, I want you to ask yourself, does the story, does the belief system that you are telling yourself on what makes a good parent, is it currently serving you? And who gets to decide what a good parent is? You do. That is the best news. You get to decide. Um, I remember one of my teachers when I was becoming certified, she was coaching a woman about how she was felt like she was just being this terrible parent. And, and she told her that, you know, when my kids were young, I decided there was how I was going to measure myself as being a good parent was two things. Um, Everybody had a bed to sleep in at night and everybody had something to eat. And she goes, when those Things happened, I allowed myself to feel like a good parent. And and the beauty of when we allow ourselves to feel like a good parent, we actually have more access of love to be a good parent. It's the place where we're judgmental and critical and really self-critical of ourselves is when we become the worst parent. And I know like when I had envisioned being a mom, like I never thought being a good parent would be driving an hour away to meet a new boy. My son wanted to date that he had met online. And I remember he was 16 at the time and he wanted to go on a date with this boy. And we were like, you know, we were just so new to it. It was just shocking that he wanted to date other boys, honestly. And so we had to ask ourselves, how are we going to show up? And we showed up is said, okay, well, if we allowed our heterosexual children to do this, this is how we would show up. And so we drove an hour and a half away from our home to meet this complete stranger, and make sure he wasn't crazy to go for my son to go on a date. And that was not my envision of what I thought a good parent would be when I was dreaming of parenthood, but that was what a good parent was that day. And so every day being a good parent might change. Um, and there is this amazing... Um, man and my member of our church called um, Tom Christopherson. He's a gay, openly gay man. And he wrote this beautiful book called that we may be one. And he talked about an experience he had with his father, where it was during a period where um, Tom was not active in the LDS church. And he was really interested in like all different wines. And he was out to dinner with his parents. And he said for an hour, his father who did not drink and probably was not thrilled that his son was drinking, to be honest with you, was just asking him questions questions and really finding out what he knew about wine in a very interested, non-judgmental way. And Tom said his father, you know, he didn't drink (laughs) or was he ever going to drink wine, but because wine was important to Tom, it was important to his father. And he said his father showing that level of interest in his life made him feel important and loved. And like I said, I'm sure his Tom's dad wasn't thrilled that his son was drinking wine But he was able to put his fear and his judgment aside and to focus on loving his son where his son was at. And talking to Tom about wine was his father's way of really showing up as the best gay dad and the best parent in that moment. And the good he did for his relationship with his son by sitting there and talking to his son about his interest Versus the damage he could have done by spending the hour lecturing Tom on the dangers of not following the word of wisdom and how he was, you know, going, making decisions that he wasn't thrilled was not lost in Tom. Like he said in the book, that he felt so seen and valued, and really that his father just loved him as a person and wanted to be part of his life. And so we have to remember like being a good parent is really how we make our children feel when they are with us. And will they always be, that will always be way more impactful than the words we say to them, how we make people feel. And that is really from the energy of how we think about them. So there is no one way to be a good parent or to be a good parent of a gay child. There's no handbook on how to do it perfectly. And just like with any other parenting issue, like I want you to think about eating eating healthily and potty training and discipline, um, financially, how you teach your children. There are so many opinions and advice. And so to take ownership that you need to figure out what works best for you and your child and your family, like what is right for your situation might not be right for my situation. So be very careful on what advice and how you're doing it, like how you're measuring that. Okay. So my question is, how do you figure out how to be the best gay parent for your child when you don't know what to do? Because there's many situations that I really did not know what to do. I had not envisioned and that it'd be happening to our family. And these are the decisions that I really didn't know where to start. I started on my knees. I really started talking to the Lord. And whenever I didn't know what was the next best step, I would turn to him and he always taught me. And I really felt like I was never left alone. And it always came back to loving the child where they were at, loving my son, where he's at. And the more open I was to hearing and questioning, like how I thought things should be, the more like maybe I'm wrong was where I found the peace. And in that peaceful space, that's where you will gain your confidence that, you know, what you're doing is right and pleasing to the Lord. And so you kind of make the Lord, your co-parent, um, it also helps with judgment. Like knowing that I have spent time, like talking with the Lord and gaining his wisdom, that really actually helped me when other people had opinions of how I was parenting my son, um, because people will always share opinions. So expect people sharing opinions, but it is up to you to be confident about your own back and your own actions. And I really firmly believe, have such a belief that the Lord wants to be in the details of our children's lives and our lives, and but it's our job to like stay humble and teachable so we can receive his wisdom and going to him to seek him. And so you being the perfect parent for your children, like there's not a perfect parent out there, but you having a belief that I am the perfect parent for my children, my child, like you have been trusted, those spirits sent to your family. The Lord has trusted you with those spirits. And so really, gaining that confidence that he, the skills, like your special, your gifts and your skills are different from mine, but your gifts and skills are perfect for your child to help with your child. And so like the 1.7 billion answers that are on the internet, I'm going to add my five answers what I think a good parent is. And this is how I measure myself if I'm being a good parent. And the first one is, which you're going to be probably be surprised is, is do I love myself? Um, you know, Maya Angela said this, um, quote, which I love so much. She goes, I don't trust anybody who says, I love you if they don't love themselves. And really that comes down to the more you love yourself and, really have a great relationship with yourself, the more capability you have to love your child. And when I'm saying love yourself, I'm saying loving all of you, loving your crazy. That's what I call it. You got to love your crazy. You're going to be really great at things. And there's things you're not going to be great at. Like I was a mom who hated arts and crafts and hated like playing Barbies on the floor. Like that was not my joy, but I'm the mom who would like love to go to the beach with the kids and go to Disney and things like that. Like I and I was very early on, very mindful that I wasn't judging how I was parenting against other parents. And in order to love myself, I had to do that. I had to be like, I don't have to be like Tabitha. She is an amazing parent and she does all these things. Like the birthday party she gives her kids is incredible. I love them. And I, and I wish I wanted to plan parties like that, but I don't. And that's totally fine. That's what I'm talking about. Loving yourself. Like not trying to be anybody, but yourself, try to be the best version of you and really embracing the things you're good at and being okay about things that you're working on that you're not great at. Okay. The second way I measure um, if I'm being the parent I want to be is, am I giving, creating emotional safety in my home? And emotional safety is basically the person, your children feel like they could be their true identity without any judgment or fear of being mocked. And that is a tricky space because there's so much about your child you probably don't even know yet, especially if they're LGBTQ, their identity is changing and evolving that you might have created an unsafe space just by comments you have said, beliefs you have said, and not realizing like who your child was. And so in order to nurture that like emotional safety space, you really have to let let child keep reinforcing that they are perfect the way they are and saying sentences like that. You can't just assume they know that. You have to actually say that over and over again. I think the ratio is 10 to one where like you could say things, positive things 10 times. And then if you say one negative thing, that's all the child focuses on. And so you have to make sure you're saying at least 10 positive things that they are perfect the way they are. Second is like validate their emotions. Um, You know, if they're feeling fear, like I just had this this morning where I was driving my um, sixth grader and she has state testing and she had so much fear. It was like four hours of math today. And instead of saying, you know, oh, it's fine. You're smart enough. You can do that. I'm like, I bet that does feel scary. Like really validate where they're at. Don't try to like fix it. Sometimes as parents, we go into the fixer mode, but we need to slow it down be like, oh, I bet that does feel scary. How does that make you feel? How does fear feel in your stomach? Like don't wash away their feelings. Like they need to just feel seen and validate it. Um, and making sure their emotional needs are met. Like I often ask my kids, like, how can I support you better? Is there something I could do that you would need that I could support you in a different way? Is there anything like you need outside of the home? Like just ask questions. Um, the fourth one is listen first, then react. This is the hard one, but really it's a mess, a muscle to pause. Like the pause is a muscle to like, listen and then think about it. And don't react so quickly to create that space. Um, And every time I've done this, like if like something has happened and it's not something I'm thrilled about, one of my children's choices, the more space I give from like hearing it and then reacting, the better ability I have to show up as the parent I want to be in that moment. But when I react very quickly, that is when I'm reacting from like anger or fear or worry. But the more I like let it sit. And sometimes we're not good at this. And this is when we go back and apologize, but like to listen first, take some, take a pause, take a beat. And you might say to your child, like, wow, okay, I need a minute. I like, I will be back to you and just communicate with them, right? Like just communicate when you'll be back and talking to them, like I'm going to need an hour or I'm going to talk about you talk about this tomorrow, but it's totally fine to take a beat before you react to whatever circumstance your child is in. And then the last one is make more time to connect. Um, In order to love your children, you have to really like your children. And sometimes they're doing a lot of unlikable things. And for you to create that emotional safety, you got to learn how to like them. And sometimes it's just shared experiences. Usually, um, you know, my favorite quote is you either love somebody or you don't understand them. So when I'm not like liking my children, I'm not understanding why they're acting a certain way, why they're doing certain things. And that takes time, shared time to create and to understand better. Um, and so that is the emotional safety. Now, the third way I communicate, if I being the parent, I want to be is communicate. <laughs> Am I communicating with my children? Um, they need to, to feel like you're in their lives. You need to be present. And sometimes like, as I have older children, sometimes I feel like they're ghosting me. <laughs> You know, like they don't answer a text or a phone call. And I work really hard of like, in my thoughts of like how they're doing it is perfect. Like they don't need a text back, but I want to be a mom who sends a text to say, I love you or good luck on that text or how did the job interview go? But they don't have to respond, but communicate. But I guarantee you, like if I, and I know this with my children, like they will respond when they need to and they're busy and like letting them know like where you're at and communicate like your expectations. Like if I leave a text and I really need to speak to them, I'll say, "Um, you know, can you call me back at, you know, tonight? Cause I really need to talk to you or like ask request. Okay. But really don't be afraid to over-communicate with your children. And they might say some words that are, and think this is annoying, but in the end, the opposite of that is not communicating enough, that really leaves them feeling alone and that you don't care and that you're ghosting them. And you never want your child to feel like you don't care. And so, words are important to kids. Um, the fourth one is respect respecting means really that you are not thinking thoughts like they're lazy, they're disrespectful, they should be doing something different, they're unappreciative you know, I really love thinking like as a parent, you have no expectations, like you're not deserved anything. And, you know, as when their children are in your home, I think it's totally fine that you say things like, um, you know, you, like we have dish week, right. Or they have to take out the trash. There's like expectations of how they live in the home. And then consequences are tied into that. But if they don't do these things, I don't view it as they're a bad child or they're doing something bad. I'm just like, oh, they chose not to do it. So this consequence will happen. Like, it's just very factual. It's not drama. I don't add a layer of drama of like, they should be respectful because we pay the phone bill, they should answer their phone call or because we um, pay for the gas in the car, um, you know, they should be here by curfew. Like I don't tie that into how their actions into how they feel about me. I tie it into their acting age appropriate And there's just consequences. Just like if I didn't show up for work, I'm not going to get paid. If they don't show up for this, this, then they don't get whatever the payment is from the parent and taking out the drama of how they should be and how, um, their actions are a kind of token of their love for us. When we take that meaning out and really respect them as like, they have agency and they're using their agency and letting the natural consequences happen versus Um, making it mean like emotionally something like a a weapon. Like we punish ourselves more when we're like dealing with the consequences of the situation. We punish ourselves more when we make it mean that they don't love us or they should be different. And we are being really actually disrespectful to them as human beings. And the fifth one I would say is how I measure myself as a good parent is, am I nurturing their independence? Um, And in fact, my girls are funny. They're like, mom, you have the most independent children. And I'm like, yes, I do. I raised you that way. Like when they, I, at 16, I start making them make their own doctor's appointments. Like I am all for independent children. And, um, you know, I think sometimes they measure themselves against other people other fe- people like families like their mom does that and, and when they bring that to me i'm like yes they do isn't that great for them but that's your mom doesn't do that so i am totally fine with how i'm measuring how i feel about their independence cuz i actually think independence i get to measure that i've decided that that they really great, creates great self esteem in my children and i like having that relationship with them i don't like to be the one the helicopter parent but like I said, this is just things I have measured for me and I've decided. And so I challenge you to make a list of five things of how you're going to measure if you're a good parent and use that instead of the 1.7 billion answers on Google, you use your five answers and that is how you measure. And the, beauty and the importance of this is you to feel confident and love yourself as a parent. Because like I said, that is actually the best gift you could give your child. Because when you meet your needs of validation and love, you have more ability to validate and love your child. So to be very mindful of how you're measuring what a good parent is, who you're getting the answers from, and then in the end, deciding for yourself, and making that list, being very clear of your expectation of yourself, how you're showing up for your parent, for your child. And especially when you have an LGBTQ child, there's going to be things that you're going to be doing differently that you had no idea that you were going to ever imagine you're going to do. And like making that, those things that you're already doing, measuring that, like that you are a great parent and that you are proud how you're showing up in the moment. That is one of the best gifts you could give your child because then they will like the experience around you because they will feel your confidence. Confidence is very um, attractive and it's contagious and they will see how much you love yourself and they will have more ability to love themselves. You're pattering them. For them. So I leave you that today. I hope you have a great day. If you need anything, please reach out. Um, And if you need some coaching, please join me in liftittogether.com. You get two private sessions a month, part of the package of being um, in the membership and workshop every week. It is the best place to really gain the skills you need to, to be the parent you need to be for your LGBTQ child. And it's the safe private place. I know that everybody needs a private place to kind of process their ugly. Like you have a lot of thoughts I did that didn't serve me and didn't serve my child. And I needed that safe place with my coach to work my brain out, to get into a clean place so I could be the best parent for them. And that's the best feeling because then I'm proud of myself and I want you to be proud of you. So come reach out if you need help. I'd love to help you. All right. Have a great day. Where have you found the support that your family needs? I would be honored to be that support. I have created a virtual coaching program specifically for Christian LGBTQ families. Come check out the coaching community Lifted Together with Jenny Hunter. In our community, you will find a safe space to process all the emotions and all the things that you need to find the support that you will need to help your child thrive. You will find it in private coaching, group coaching, and I have created hours of content just for you. When you are ready to thrive as a family, please come check out liftedtogether.com slash membership.